This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Krej Hardell. He's a success coach. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much and it's an absolute pleasure to be on today. Awesome. So kind of tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Oh, just thinking of it, no matter how many times you tell a story, it seems to be quite a loaded question. Um, First of all, I used to be a physical education teacher and from there I stayed for three years then I left and then I went into entrepreneurship and I also moved at the same time and really when I just started it was really rough I had plenty of ups and downs and I also was expecting a child and I ended up losing that child and then my business was ended up my basis went up and down and then eventually now through all that pain and all that grief now I've turned it around and really now become a success coach and now I help others make that transition be it from their careers or really just help them get to their next level because most people get suppressed by society most people really I mean it's hard it's really really hard to level up you know and especially if you someone who has some kind of disadvantage some kind of minority okay maybe the way that you grew up maybe you grew up without certain things most people fail and most people end up with the best lives inside of them so really that's in a nutshell what my story is to keep it short but that's how I really got to where I am right now. So right now I'm a success coach, certified, and I help people really transition and achieve their very big goals. Again, we all have those things that we're, we're comfortable with and that's all good, but there are many ambitious people, maybe like you as well, that wants more, that is not satisfied with the status quo and that getting there requires work. And that is what I help them do. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, that, you know, losing a child, me and my wife in the last three years, I've had five miscarriages and we spent uh, $100,000 out of pocket on infertility treatments. So now um, we're still naturally trying and still doing that, but we're also foster parents. So since uh, June 2018, we've had uh, 20 foster kids in our home. And I think it's important because something like that can, you know, really break you or destroy you. But, you know, taking it and harnessing it because there's always going to be things in the world that you know are negative or things standing in your way like you know the loss of a child or anything like uh, you know racial inequality or any other you know socioeconomic you know challenges or you know we're not in control of you know where we were born who we're born to things of that nature and variables oftentimes people you know feel bad about themselves and use it kind of as a handicap so you know i'm this way because of this i didn't make it because of this but taking something negative 
harnessing it, learning from it, becoming stronger from it and using it to reach where you, you know, need to go or you want to go. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the ultimate easier said than done path. But um, if you can do that, you know, everything that happens. I mean, last year, my grandfather passed away. One of my dogs had cancer. There's other stuff that's happened in my life. So I think anybody in terms of a human being will always have negative things happen when it feels like everything is right. That when you get to the top of a mountain and you think nothing can, you know, reach you or destroy you, that's when oftentimes things keep coming one after the other and you have to figure out how to react to that. Yeah, I very much agree. And, you know, most people, like I said, they find out more, they have more reasons for why something cannot be done or why they don't deserve something. And that sabotages a lot of people, especially when it's backed by many bad experiences, many adverse situations, a negative environment, be it physical, people around you, family, friends, employers, employees, co-workers, or just where you live, you know? And by default, we just, we're just programmed to make sense so many excuses and really not focus on why, on how to get to what we want the most efficiently and preconditioned to be so negative and that is something that most people in many ways have to learn to actually let go of because we have so many reinforcements yeah i agree and i mean it's oftentimes i often say it's kind of you versus you so you have to get out of your own head and uh kind of the first instinct is negative when it's something new or something challenging because human beings are, you know, used to habit, you know, a habit form, they become comfortable and kind of complacent. They don't want to rock the boat. And then when something new comes or you want to start something, you know, a new endeavor or move somewhere across the world or a new job, you start getting those, you know, what if, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. You know, maybe you should stay where you are. It's safer. You don't know what this is going to be like. And overcoming that and getting past that initial fear, I think, is the, the first hurdle in terms of getting to where you want to get. Yeah, and again, you really hit it home there because even when, let's say, you didn't have so much of a tumultuous past and you really want to get somewhere or do something, we end up sabotaging ourselves by comparing to others, you know? And you said it's you versus you. Basically, most people, the best way to do it is to be in competition with yourself. And others should be motivation for your own journey. But however, even when we don't have the excuses of certain adversarial situations or really bad situations, most people find reasons or invent reasons, if you will, why they cannot do what they want. I have a blog post on my website. It's really the list of excuses and it really goes into the fact that there are different kinds of excuses for example, we have me excuses. And really my point here is that no matter the domain, most people sort of rationalize why something cannot be done. And to them, it's true. And that is something that each and every one of us need to learn how to really step out of. None of us are perfect. I am not perfect as well, right? But really, it really helps to either help someone or really be very proactive about trying to make a lot less excuses and actually taking ownership for the outcomes that you really want. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think it's like you said, being uh, accountable for your actions and your thoughts. And then also being coming to terms and, and understanding who you are and having empathy and having self-awareness. So understand what you're capable of, some of the things that you know, you're know you going through or that you need to work on and kind of, in my opinion, focusing on your strengths and sometimes avoiding weaknesses like if it's a learned behavior. So like if you're not good at math, maybe you don't need math. But if it's a soft skill, like uh, relationship building, that's something you should definitely focus on because many soft skills obviously are harder to teach, like you know leadership or things of that nature, being a good leader or keeping somebody's attention than you know, how to do trigonometry or geometry or algebra. Yeah, and part of that is really even not being good at math, for example. I mean, yes, someone may not have done well at school, but that doesn't mean that you're technically not good at math, right? And my point is, though, is that even if in the past, maybe you didn't do as well, most people let past conditioning, be it school, be it teachers, and even parents growing up. I mean, a famous one is beliefs about money, right? You hear all those sayings when you grow up, money grows in trees, a penny earned is a penny saved is a dollar earned, you know, and really not letting our past in whatever shape or form define who we are and where we really want to go. So that is really something that people have to learn to tap into. And society has beat it out of us because we have more reasons why we cannot do something. We cannot be somebody, you know, and even as an adult, as one who's responsible for their own emotions, own outcomes, you were so easily influenced and deterred to do the things that you really want to do and to be the people that you really want to be that we don't even try. Yeah, I agree. And I think like you mentioned it, I think we're kind of uh, sometimes uh, dictated by our past. So I think it's important to understand kind of your history, where you come from, how do you become who you are, but not be defined and kind of held down by it. Because oftentimes there are generational you know, mindsets carried over. So oftentimes poverty, you know, people just stay in a negative mindset, obviously variables and, you know, where you are in the world are one thing, but when it's ingrained with you from, you know, your mom, your dad, your siblings, grandparents that, you know, we're always poor and this person was poor in our family and a hundred years ago we were poor. That doesn't mean that has to define you or that's what, you know, you have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. And, um, is that, indefatigable determination that most people don't seem to have naturally. And the funny thing is that it's there. It's just been slapped in out of us, you know? And even those who have it, they may not have all the pieces to really get to where they want, but they allow themselves to be shamed, you know? So for example, in a family, a household, like you mentioned, maybe one of the children wants to go to university right and maybe one is academically really good and maybe they want to move up or one wants to start their own business but because of the environment because of the beliefs of the custodians of that in particular individual they end up never even trying and you see that across all domains of life and especially coming from a teaching background initially for a little while i mean i saw it with a lot of kids a lot of those who had potential sporting wise in other domains they never really blossomed why because of the environment and 
people even who are older that end up that ends up happening and the point is no matter what level you're at no matter what you believe that your disadvantage is you can move up but you have to really want to right and on, and that's something only you can do and well if you really have the conviction i mean there is a saying that says when the student is ready the teacher will appear but the student has to be committed as well and then the opportunities will come so really that is all it comes down to and not all the reasons that we make up that we can't have what we want yeah i agree and it's one of those things kind of like praying blindly but not doing or taking the actions to achieve what you're praying for if it's something of a goal you know i want to be here in, in my career if that's you know what you pray but you feel like just your faith alone will get you there but like faith without the work isn't you know a good combination to reach your goal or for whatever kind of you're asking even you know you want a better relationship with your spouse or parents or whoever if you're not doing anything you're just praying about it that work isn't put in there so yeah that's that's a very important point as well because it's not about being hype being walking on fire kind of motivation it's really you need to be very practical and until you really want something the options just don't seem to be there you you've never tried to help somebody with something but it's like they're blind you know they don't know the options that they have and really they don't really understand how much they can do so really it all starts with commitment and you will be surprised in as a coach myself some people spend money and they're still not that committed i mean you can't always typically it's a good symbol of commitment but even if you don't maybe have as much or even if you there it's always a must and it is really important that you really decide commit to get to where you want to go and none of our paths are perfect even the most even the luminaries that you see they had too much respect if you read their biographies autobiographies they didn't have it perfectly and people so people should not be afraid to really tap into their messies and what wasn't that good because that actually makes their story unique it makes them unique and they should not be ashamed in that it prevents them from doing what they want to do yeah i agree so what motivates you to succeed ah that's a good question um for me it's the desire for more the desire for i mean i'm not sure what i mentioned at the beginning but i'm from st lucia and it is an island in the caribbean for those of you listening or watching or aren't familiar and for me i wanted for some farmers to have all the options that everyone has you know so for me the desire for more from a financial standpoint but also to help as many people as i can and from a coaching standpoint and i say this and it reminds me because i mean there was so much difficulty transitioning you know and it was so easy for me to give up but to keep it short what really motivates me is a desire to help people the desire to have 
people realize their potential, see it for what it is, and each of us are unique, right? And that's the unique part about it because each of us really has something that we were aspiring to, even if we don't pay attention, even if we don't recognize it. So what really motivates me is helping people actualize, helping people really get uncomfortable so that they could move towards what they want. Because a lot of the limitations that we have, as much as we believe in physical limitations, financial, yes, these may exist, but a lot of times it's up there. It's in your head, right? So for me, what motivates me is helping people get past those limitations and helping people really tap into what makes them unique, tap into their greatness, if you will. And me having to go through so much myself, you know, and I mean, just lots of negativity, lots of just conflict and seeing how that destroys a lot of people and just going through it. I would say that is one of the main things that motivate me as well. So that one, I could help people navigate their lives and their growth easier. And I could help people get past their own resistance, which would make the world a better place. Yeah, I think it's important. I think uh, when you find something that you're passionate about and that passion also helps others, I think it becomes that much more rewarding and kind of keeps you engaged and keeps you kind of, you know, energized and motivated and, and happy and, and proud of what you do every morning you wake up. Because obviously some things are just a job, you know, you do construction, you, you know, hammer a nail or put up a roof. You may be proud of that about that, but sometimes that's not as rewarding as something when you know, like you definitely impacted or changed somebody's life directly. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you mentioned this because one of the signs that most people are not moving in the direction that they really want to go is that what they really do, especially for a living, really depresses them. You know, I mean, right now, I'm not sure when this will be live, but right now we're in a crisis. And, you know, people are being displaced, people are scared, and a lot of this is understandable. But generally, if you one you have a lot of passion for what you do if you're good at it right typically those dips in fortune are not as bad okay and people have to make sure that whatever they end up doing for their lives work long term and that may change but what they end up doing that they're committed to it one of the things that i say is that do not pick something that you're not willing to do the work to become in the top 10% in. You know how some people, they really do the minimum that they could do, right? And they wait for the weekends and whatnot. And again, I'm not judging that per se. What I'm saying is that we need to be in touch with what makes us happy. And whatever it is that you choose, whatever profession that you commit to, you have to really love it. You have to want to be there. Of course, you never love anything all the time. But my core point here, the overarching point is that we spend about 70% of our lives working, right? Statistics have shown that. And if we're miserable during that phase, we will automatically end up being unhappy. And so whatever that you want to do, whether it's your hobbies, whether it's your what you do for work, for living, to feed your family, of course, it has to be in touch with who you are as well. It has to be more than just the money. And 
most people in that realm, they're very opportunistic. And when you're starting up, that's fine. You have to feed your family, you have to do what you need to. However, you need to have the awareness as to what really moves you, what really what really lights a fire of passion in you. And even the term passion is not strictly passion, but what really makes you commit, you know? And most people lose that drive and they wonder why they're not enthusiastic about what they're doing, you know? And that is something, no matter how old, you have to make sure that you're in touch with. So again, these are the things that drive me, motivate me, and really it's helping people not make big mistakes that they cannot get back from. These are the real reasons that I do what I do. Yeah, and I think you made a good point about kind of uh, the environment that we're in. So you can kind of take a fear perspective or you can take it as reinventing yourself and maybe pivoting to something else in terms of career or lifestyle that makes sense from now and moving forward. Because, I mean, after this, the, the, the world itself is going to you know function differently based on everything that's happened. And from uh, the 2008 recession, I had a pivot into digital marketing and I'm self-taught and something I, you know, fell in love with and it became a passion, but you know, I could have felt bad for myself, which I was, I was down and depressed because there was no jobs. I graduated with a degree in criminal justice and interned with the secret service. Then no one started hiring. So I pivoted into the career I am now. And, you know, in terms of the successes I've had in the last 11 years, and that was defined out of a situation of turmoil and obviously a, a horrible economy. So, and even back then, there's like 12, 13 unicorn, you know, billion dollar companies that were founded during that time. So is your company going to be the next one founded now? Or is your idea going to be the next great one? Or you got to put it on pause because you have fears about what's coming next or the uncertainty that we're living in. So I think regardless if it's a good economy, bad economy, you know, something happening, you should take advantage of the situation and, you know, pivot and run with it. Because if you just wait for it to get better, it may not. Or, you know, if you lost your job, you may not get that job back again. So you have to figure out a new skill set or redefine yourself. And one of the interesting things that really ties into how we view ourselves, the beliefs that we have, the actions that we take, is how we view opportunity. And I love that you mentioned the recession, but it's 2008 or right now. I mean, the figures show that it's probably even, it's going to be worse actually, numbers wise. And really, it shows who really will come out on top by what they're doing right now. Are you just Netflix and chilling and thinking that, you know, maybe you work for Microsoft and, you know, they've already announced that all salaries will be paid. So, you know, you don't have nothing to worry about. Or maybe you're not that fortunate and, you know, you're just going to get something when everything dies out. Or are you really trying to learn some new skills, upgrade your new skills, you know? Or even as a current profession, can I contribute more? Can I potentially justify a higher pay packet? Can I really be better? Can I really explore another profession, for example? So this morning I wrote an email to my list and really what I said was that there is crisis, there is always opportunity in the biggest crisis. And how we view ourselves is always, it's very similar to how we view opportunity. And even in harsh times like this, and I'm not on the playing how bad things are in terms of the loss of life 
I have total consideration of that. However, to really be someone who has control over your desired direction, you have to learn to really view opportunity for what it is, right? And really learn to make the most of things as they come up. And again, like Roman said, with his career and how he had to pivot with the last recession, it may happen to you, right? And instead of complaining about it and being bitter, and sometimes you may have reasons to not be um, happy. For example, I know a famous billion dollar company who let almost 40, 50% of their staff go without notice, right? I don't want to mention names because I don't know how things would turn out. But I mean, these things would happen for even genuinely talented, genuinely good people too. So I'm not just talking about people who barely tried to survive. I mean, those crises, they spawn huge shifts, as we both know. And you have to be prepared. And you being prepared also is you personally being prepared to handle opportunity. And you personally being prepared comes down to your perception as well. So you see how everything is linked, right? To really have you view the world, have you view your world, because for most people that's ultimately what matters. And for how you really move towards what you want. Sometimes it's not a straight path, right? There is no perfect path, red carpet for all of us to walk on. Sometimes we have to do something forward that you don't want to do, right? Uh, now, I'm not just talking about employment. I'm talking about other areas of life as well. Relationships. You know, sometimes you may not, you may have to switch relationships. Sometimes the person that you really deeply desire to really marry, for example, may not be the one for you. It might be painful, but eventually the next person may be way better. Or the other side of that is sometimes you may have a rough patch, right? And you may just have to get through it and then things end up being way better down the line. So my point is, no matter what context, no matter what situation that you're in, right? How we view ourselves, how we view the opportunities, how we view really our options, really make or break us, not the individual variables around us. We can choose to focus and dwell on those. However, to really get to that next level personally, it has to, you, have, you need to have a dramatic mindset shift. That is a lot of what I help people do. Of course, list of a lot of practical stuff and how to really, and specifically how to navigate your individual situation. Yeah, I agree. And I think we touched upon it earlier. It's waking up each morning and kind of being a, a better version of yourself. So kind of upgrading either physical fitness, your mindset, just kind of being calm, less stressed, doing something to become better and day over day and not comparing yourself to other people. And I think as an individual, as a company, as a goal, the companies that are kind of the Fortune 500 companies now, all they did is outlast their competitors. So it's not giving up if, you know, a hardship comes figuring out, you know, what you can learn from it. Obviously, if it's negative, things like personal, like pain, loss, uh, disease, you know, economic, you know, you know, the coronavirus now taking something from it and uh, using it for the next challenge that's going to come up because the next thing that comes up may be a lot harder and a lot stronger to, you know, overcome. But you taking something away from what's going on now and pivoting can make you a lot stronger to overcome and combat the things that are to come. For those of you listening and watching, 
If you remember two things from this podcast, remember this: you are not your past. Okay, all the things, and yes, the obvious is assumed. A lot of your past circumstances will is what will bring you here, but it doesn't define where you go, what you do. You are not all the wrong and negative circumstances that happened before. You are really where you really want to go, where you believe that you can get to, and you have to. And for any meaningful change to happen, you have to change that first. Okay, and again, you mentioned many poor minorities, especially, and how many people don't really move on from that. Move on in that they don't break the trend in their families. And one of the typical things is that belief of that identity. And no matter who you are, what walk of life that you come from, you have to understand that if you really want something, not just in speech but in action, you constantly focusing on what you want. You will the how will come. Of course, there is lots available, but my point is. If you focus towards how could I always get what I want, how can I not fail? How can I guarantee that I will not fail? Again, the questions that you ask are so so important. So the questions that you ask, the mindset that you have, how you really, what you really take in, because there's a quote that says that we're the sum of, and most people know we're the sum of the five people that we interact with, but. My spin on that is we're the five. We're some of the five that we interact with physically and virtually as well. Our inboxes are filled up. Our new, our YouTube feeds, our Facebook feeds, podcast feeds are filled up. So what you really feel up there into your brain often is really how your life will turn out. Just like the friends that you hang out with. Okay, so you have more control than you think. I don't care what the excuse is. I mean, we could list. Situation after situation, but there is no point, right? Do you have a desire to really get somewhere? Your path may be different. You may have to look to jobs. You may have to start a new business, maybe without funding, right? For those of you who normally get seed funding, maybe you may have to go out on your own, switch countries, start a new family, and move, right? So, people have to believe in the possibility of their next best self. And they have to treat that version of them with reverence, even if they're not there yet. And a lot of the excuses will go away. Yeah, I agree. So, what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? <sighs> I mean, weaknesses are never a comfortable to admit. But for me, one of them was. Just um, a lack of emotional connection, you know, and becoming a coach. That something is that is something I really had to work on.、Um, becoming a teacher as well when I in my earlier days, and you know, we have to find a balance. And with me, I remember not being that warm to younger ones. You know, and then I remember not being maybe extremely nurturing in that sense. Now, I'm not implying that you have to really be, you have to not be as strong and as 
responsible as you should be. But that is something for me I've really had to develop. You know, naturally being very logical, being very analytical. Sometimes you could really go on the side of not having an emotional connection to people around you. And then you do things, you speak, you act. And, you know, it's like you have no emotional filter. So for me, there has been something I've had to work on. And really having so much, learning to have empathy and learning to see people for what they are and for what they can become rather than what is in front of me. You know, and for everyone listening, you have an emotional self. And especially if you're a male, right? You have to not be afraid of that part of you. You don't have to be squishy and petty and you don't have to really be melodramatic about it all, but you have to let that part of you breathe because it's there. And if you suppress it, if you let it, you know, um, control you, right? Because if emotionality, if emotionality, it doesn't just involve being tough, right? Being tough, being commanding, being responsible. It also involves you pushing for pain as well. Sometimes you have to learn to push your emotions aside and get things done. Maybe it's to feed your family. So toughness, emotional toughness, really goes along a much wider spectrum than people envision. And for me, really, the slightly softer side of being more emotional, connecting to people more, is something I've had to develop. Yeah, and I think it's it's building that kind of uh, emotional IQ. And like you said, men oftentimes like the stereotype is not show emotion be tough and kind of be hard and it's also dependent on culture i'm from ukraine originally and it's in eastern europe so it was under kind of the soviet bloc under the soviet union and under that people didn't really show emotion you know men or women so there's no kind of uh oftentimes like i had to break that moving to the u.s and uh oftentimes when you even go back they still have the same mindset so you're around people People may show no emotion, but they're actually happy inside. But it's just kind of how they were programmed and uh, culturally, like what's developed and what they carried over. Yeah. And one of the best things that any individual can do, I truly believe, is be outside of the influence of your immediate family. Because it's only when you really begin to do that. For example, some people grow up and they live near their families or they never leave the community or even the country that they live in. You said you moved, right? I'm sure that was a transition for you. And it's only when you move, you begin to examine your culture, your conditioning a little more objectively, right? And it's funny because it's almost like an epiphany you have to have on your own. I mean, logically speaking to you, but unless you've made a dramatic change, it doesn't really hit home. And part of who you are and where you want to go and really what you're moving towards, you must not fear change, right? And whether it's a changing environment, whether it's you working on a part of yourself, like emotionality, like we're speaking about, you must not, as a leader, right? Whether you're a parent, you're a church leader, whether you're a sibling, an older sibling, as a leader in your respective domain, you must learn to be okay with change because it will happen in one way or the other. And change will actually toughen you up. Change will actually allow you to understand and fully tap into who you are. Just like as a coach working with clients, they have to be comfortable 
doing things differently. And whether you coached or not, it will happen. And really, such transitions as you grow is something you have to actually take on because it is only then you learn more about you and what your actual faults, not your perceived, your real faults are. And that could be from feedback from others or just a different environment and you struggle. And to really learn and really understand yourself fully, you have to go out there. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience? If you really want something, it's possible. And you should not ignore the voice in your head that really pushes you towards it. And no matter what you do, no matter what decisions that you make in life, never ever let that voice quiet completely. Because it's only then the unhappiness really kicks in. And sometimes it never really taps, it never really shows in people until they're really older. Okay? So no matter who you are, never ignore those dreams that you have. And sometimes your interests may change, so you may actualize that thing that you wanted to do in a slightly different format. But we all have this inkling, we know. Right? Maybe we wanted to own a business, or maybe we wanted to own a house in a particular state, for example. Or maybe we wanted something a little different, you know, maybe a, part, a particular qualification, maybe, I mean, you could look at multiple domains. So my point is, never let your dreams die. You know, it doesn't matter what country that you're from, doesn't matter what minority that you believe that you have, you have to have the courage to never let your dreams die, even if the how is not always clear, right? And I know that's scary to some, but it's only when you're committed, despite any adversity you may face, the options will actually come forth. So that is what I want to leave the listeners with and those of you. Because reasons why not will always be there. You know, reasons why we cannot do X will always be fed to us, whether it's people around you, whether it's the media, right? Whether it's really politics, if you will, distractions. But if you really desire something, you have to actually commit. And when you're committed, the solutions will appear. Because really what you manifest, and I don't even like this word, it has a feel to it. But when you're really committed to get somewhere, is only when the mind focuses on there. And it's only when you actually see what you need to see to get there. It's like driving a car. When you learn to really drive those really fast cars, some some of the instructors, they really have you look at a wall. And the point is, you might think you can't control the vehicle, but if you're looking at the road, no matter how fast the car is moving, you will stay on course. So the point of this analogy is that you really go where you look at, where you focus on, where you already devote the majority of your time towards. Don't say you want to do X, but the majority of your time, you're being distracted. You can't always have it both ways. So, commit. And you need to have the courage to dream big. And your next step is different. We all have different particular points. But you have to willing to try and not give up. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think it's important to kind of not be complacent also because that's kind of a killer of dreams. And like you had the car example, I got, I was 19, I got my motorcycle license. That's the same thing on a motorcycle. If you're turning, you have to look at where you want to get. If you look away, you will crash. You think you're going to put the bike down. You literally have to look at point from point A where you are to point B when you want to get and keep your eye the whole time on it. And that's where you're where you'll end up obviously that feeling on a motorcycle is very scary because you can't you know necessarily see the things around you because you're focusing on that one kind of uh point in in you know the the road ahead of you but it's you know it's a similar analogy because you just have to stay in your lane and keep like the focus directly on that one thing not look at things around you and that path will be a lot clearer clearer and distraction free than if you were obviously looking around and possibly crash and have to go through things yeah yeah and um you know our journeys are all different and as tempting as it is especially with social media to compare you have to resist that so that is what really takes people away from their problems you know i asked a question recently what is that one thing that you know that you need to do right now that will change your life most will avoid that question most will avoid that question with entertainment and i'm not saying entertainment is bad my point is we use nice stuff fancy stuff nice gifts wealth even to hide what really will fulfill us what is not bad and i'm not implying that at all but what i'm saying is that we have to be in touch with where our greatness lies and it's only then the real you the fulfilled you will come out. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah. You could look up my website, creshadow.com. Um, we will have the links in the show notes for those who listen and watch the video. And also, for those of you who really love what I have to say, and for those of you who really want a little bit more, I do have a program, but I would want to serve you even better. What I want to do is that I want to gift you a call with me. Normally it's $200. And really, I want to really help you commit. I really want to help. So for those of you who are really interested, book my time. Again, the URL, it may be too long for audio. It's creditharder.com slash breakthrough. It will be in the show notes. And there... If you really want a little more, we could hop on the phone and I could help you for at least an hour, really clarify your life, your vision. You could look at the testimonials on there as well. For people, it has really helped. And we will see whether it makes sense to work together. But most importantly, take action on what you hear. Don't be the type of person who listens to a podcast and don't do anything else, right? Take time, consider what you hear an act that is how i can best help awesome thanks again for stopping by no problem it's a pleasure being on here and who knows maybe one day i should be on again this podcast has been brought to you by nova zora digital find out how nora zora digital can help your company grow online learn more at novazoradigital.com until next time all you digital savages